Hello and welcome to Open All Ours. I'm Chris Charles and I'm joined by three other QPR fans. The next 45 minutes or so we'll be t- discussing all things hoops and of course live Brexit updates as we get them. Uh, so we're going to start off all three of you. If you could just give us 30 seconds, your name, why you support QPR and how you managed to avoid falling asleep on Saturday. Uh, I'm Steve. I'm uh, 37, been supporting QPR since I was born. Uh, my dad took me when I was two years old. Um, my brother's a big Rangers fan as well, and we've sort of been stuck going to Rangers all these years. Um, lovely, luckily on Saturday, the chap next to me had a good chat with me about life, so I didn't have to watch so much of that. Nice one. What did you learn from him? Uh, he's a lovely chap, about to join the army. Okay. I'm Rahul. I moved from the United States and actually chose to be a QPR fan without being pressured by any parents or anything, Ooh. which was a interesting decision which looking back on after <laughs> yesterday after saturday i'm i'm wondering why i made that decision you had 92 clubs rahul yeah exactly Jeez. 91 92 including qpr yeah but 91 other clubs okay but i just I didn't and the national league they had 92 to pick from that's what i meant and he's and he Good picked point. us and yeah saturday how did how, how did you manage to stay asleep did you stay awake rather I actually did consider whether it was worth staying after halftime, but I, I, I stuck it through against my better judgment. Okay. And a man who needs no introduction? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Go then. Paul Penny. Thank you, Chris Charles. You sounded incredibly like Fraser, though, in the introduction. Did I? I, when, I, when, I, when, I when I've been lucky enough to host this pod, I always try and sign different. <laughs> you, brilliant. You have just, you're just so professional. It's brilliant, thank you. <laughs> and welcome to our humble podcast. I've been a QPR fan most of my life. I am an idiot. Um, I Alan d- McDonald for you, wasn't it? It was. Alan McDonald, who's still a story a million times, probably brought me a programme. Dave McCreary's on the cover. It was against Charlton. They signed Ian Stewart, a guy called Fullerton, Big Mac. And um, I don't know if Billy Hamilton was playing in that match or not. I can't remember. Anyway... And that was it for me. I was going to Glen Torn every week then, as I've said. I, if anyone's playing bingo, I'm going to try and help you as much <laughs> as possible. Um, and I don't, to be honest, I don't regret it. I think it was the best thing I've ever done because it's the best life experience I've ever had and we're in no way glory hunters. And I love the fact that when we get successful, we actually frown upon glory hunters. <laughs> well, yeah. well, well, give them a season, they'll be off. <laughs> By Christmas, they'll be gone. They Everyone prefers it, don't they, when there's 12,000 there rather than there's 18,000. But I think, that's, I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? Because the expectations are so huge. And people are going, I've never seen such... Stick around, mate. <laughs> <laughs> give it another week or so and you'll be begging to get out the door before you get in. And all that kind of thing. And it, it is quite nice in the Premier League with some bloke near me was saying, this is terrible. I was like, hello, how long have you been coming? You know, it's like, it'll get worse. And it did. But I was, well, I don't know if I was lucky or not. I was taking the centre pox for a family doing Saturday and I subscribed to the, um, I see everyone's complaining about it, which is fair news, but I subscribed to watch it. I even know it says in big letters, you cannot get this in the UK. The centre pox isn't in the UK, is it? Yeah, no. I, I thought I would subscribe to it. Don't it, and um, I listened to the commentary. Andy Sinton was brilliant because he was trying to make the game sound interesting. And my mate who was there, and I'm going, doesn't sound that bad. He goes, can I text Andy Sinton, please? I'm desperate. <laughs> uh, this is the worst. Apparently, we had one shot, but yeah. we'll talk about it later on. But yeah, it, um, it, even from Centre Parks, somewhere in Suffolk, it didn't sound so good. No. Um, before we get on to that, um, beers bought by Martin Beatty. You can follow us at QPR Pod. Uh, search QPR podcast, I think, on Facebook. Um, any others, him. Paul? No, I've just, I know that name from somewhere. What's that? Martin Beatty. I know that name from somewhere. Okay. And thank you for doing that, Martin. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so Stoke. I think it was John Barnes in that Lucas Aid advert said 90 minutes of sheer hell. I think that probably just describes it quite well. So. Was it that bad? It was that bad. Okay. But you knew it as soon as they, they had a man sent off, you knew what was coming. You knew we were just... I said to the guy next to me, I go... This is going to go wrong. We did well not to lose, to be fair, because typical QPR would have lost that. But we didn't. We didn't, so I think maybe you actually... But did we give it a go? Not overly. Of losing? We almost... I, I sort of felt that we needed Eze this week, and last oh. week we didn't. We actually probably could have done with 
Matt Smith this week. We didn't yeah, have how's him. your luck? You know, the one time we could really do with him and uh, he gets injured. Yeah, Tom Air looked tired, maybe would be the Has best Has he looked word. at anything else? I think the first few games he looked good. And then since his injury, he just, I don't think he's fit. Well, it, uh, yeah, it's either that or, I mean, some people are saying that he's just, he's not that fussed, just running down the clock looking to get another move somewhere and... I think you take a big risk with Lawn Sonnens. They're going to buy in for you, into your ethos. They're going to buy into the team ethic. But, of course, they're not ever going to be your player. You're never, ever going to make money on them, so they're dead money. Um, but I think Naki Wells has tried. Naki's been great for us. But the worrying thing is his stats are getting very close to Washington's or might even gone past Washington's. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, because he started like a train. I can remember in January, it was all like, everyone's looking across at Burnley. I was actually praying Burnley would win, you know, you know, a couple of games to stop him being recalled. I, I didn't even know if he could be, but since then, I think it's since that penalty miss, you know, in the four, what would have been the 4-4, um, it seems to have sapped his confidence a bit. Do you think so? I don't know. He had one. Sh- he had one decent effort. And that, that he came from nothing. On. That came from nowhere. He did yeah. well with that. It wasn't a chance. He made it a chance. But is it? Is it also that? Well, you, 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 I sat beside you enough times to know that you're a great person for stats and things and <laughs> and how the game's going. But to me, it just looks like he's getting absolutely zero service. Yeah, I think I think it is an element of service. I mean, he actually still is playing pretty well, in my opinion, especially link up and back to the goal. He's 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 still contributing, unlike Hemet, who brings nothing nothing to the table. But it just seems to be a question of the finishing. And I think it was a little bit of service in the last match because I think he's someone who's better a little bit on the counterattack. If you look at some of the goals he scored coming from counterattacking positions and against Stoke where they were dropping a little bit deeper, there wasn't the same space. And we don't really have the technical one-two type players on the pitch to unlock a very compact defense, which is why I thought Ezzy would have been a good sub in that game. Um, so he yeah. wasn't really getting great service. And he did have one shot on goal, which he created out of nothing. But Yeah, there was no one to miss. pick the pockets of that Stoke defence, was there? I mean, we were, they, were, they sort of were resorted, we were resorted to shots at range, didn't trouble them in the slightest. And I don't know with McLaren, it just seems, there doesn't seem to be a plan B. I know you can only work with what you've got. But for, for me, he, he didn't really shake it up enough. Yeah, and I think also his plan B, whenever he makes the subs, it just is a total disaster. I think even (laughs) on Saturday, his substitutions were absolutely shocking. I think first to take off Pav at the end of the first half, I know he had a yellow card and was getting into a bit of issues with McLean, but to take him off and then uh, to bring in uh, Bright, who's more of a counterattacking player against a team that was sitting back, I thought, even though Bright played pretty well, that wasn't exactly the situation where I thought he was suited. And then to basically leave Cousins totally on his own on the right wing with no one to overlap. And time and time again, he wasn't able to play any crosses. He wasn't getting further down the pitch. That was just a totally clueless substitution. I think he left Scoan on the pitch way too long. We didn't need four center backs and two CDMs for 75 minutes. It just time after time, I think he just makes very, very bad substitution choices. There's a strange Saturday starting lineup with Cousins at right back with Furlong on the bench. Yeah, that, that was idiotic. And Cousins just doesn't have any ability going good forward. The last couple of weeks. He, he is, I think, as a center, as a central midfielder, he's played pretty well, uh, especially in the last few weeks. But he's to played, put yeah, him he, as a right back, he's is not a right back. I mean, the excuse that, that McLaren gave was that Furlong was tired. I mean, and he's come in... He missed a, four months this season. He's yeah. 23 years old and he's tired. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. He needs a week's break. There's a lot of flack on social media. People saying, you know, I work 40, 40 hours a week on a building site. You know, you know what, what, what's... The thing what with Furlong is he's not quite... Tired. I didn't realise how old he is. I thought he was still 19, 20, but he still hasn't quite... How old is he? It? He's 23 and a half, 24. Okay. People still 23 say and a half, yeah. <laughs> I was five and a half, I am. Maybe six before I'm seven. <laughs> I've got a little daughter. We still work in halves. Oh, we work in months. That's what you said. But I think the thing is that it's not going to do Furs' his confidence any good at all getting dropped from midfielder. Getting dropped for another right back, maybe, but getting dropped from midfield, you'd be kind of raging. Yeah. I would be anyway if, I, if that's my specialist position. Although I still say Furs is a better centre half. Yeah, he's right back. He looks a lot more comfortable in that he back three. And, um, you know, I'd rather have him playing there than Lynch because obviously Hull's not going to be playing tomorrow night against Rotherham. Whether they'll cause us any problems. Do you know, I don't understand. I don't know what you don't think. I mean, Chris, you'd be better considered than me. Is that if you're playing against him in like the way we did, which is fine, why did we not bring off a defender and put a forward on and then, or just bring even um, Sadiqa on and then to sort of, or Ezzy would have been the ideal actually, to be fair, as you said. 
I don't get the mindset of that. Well, no, exactly. Like I said, we needed someone, someone to do something a bit different, somebody with a bit of flair, someone who could pick the pocket, somebody... And, you know, they had 10 men for... I mean, OK, we did right at the death, but essentially for about 80 minutes they were playing with 10 men. And, I, and, and, and to be fair, they weren't doing the classic shutting up shop for, for 90 minutes. I mean, they, it wasn't a case of that. Phoebe was another level, though. Like, he was three men for them. Like, he was everywhere over on massive as well, not he? But they're yeah. all massive. They're all, they're, they all seem like a foot taller than any of our players. How they make them two. Yeah, no, only... I mean, <laughs> but do, I, do I face for anyone saying, I don't know, which is unusual for me in the <laughs> And um, someone says we haven't got the quality in it. It got me thinking about the championship as a, as, a, as a whole of quality and everything else. I'm thinking, well, Preston must have a lower wage bill than us, and they certainly haven't got the likes of Freeman on their side. No. And that the um, Brentford, um, who else is up there? Sheffield United have, have basically got the same for a couple of strikers that was in League, League Two, League One, sorry. And you're kind of thinking that, in my opinion, we, we, we set to fail rather than set to win. It's like, oh, we can't beat them, they're higher than us. We can't beat them because Brentford. No, you yeah, can, you know... We just but I, don't th- th- I think that's only happened like, since, since this run. I mean, you've got to remember... No, the start that, of the season, only... Chris, it was like less of a Well, OK, the start of the season. Yeah, we had a terrible start. Then we, then we played really well. I no, but we... even before that, it's like, well, our aim is just to avoid relegation. You think, well, hang on a minute. We spent three million on Luongo. We spent 1.5 million on Bidwell. Um... Lisa costs money is on decent wages. You know, it's not a team that's put together in free transfers. No, but, I, and, but to be fair... Freeman's a bargain. To be fair, at the start of the season, if you'd given me 18th by the end of the season, I'd have, you know... But isn't that terrible on us that we'll accept anything that's not utter it, failure? It is, but we're in... You've got to remember that we're, we're in transition, if you like, because we're having to massively scale back our wage But we're bill. not. That's, that's a myth. We will be next season. Yeah. Next season's going to be horrendous. It's going to be cut to shreds next season, but... Not a lot of teams in the championship could afford Naki Wells, Hemed, and Cameron on Premiership wages. I'll tell you that now. Yeah. So it's it's. I'm sorry to get angry, but I've been thinking about it all day because everyone keeps saying I'm thinking FFP. Yes, we couldn't buy any players, but that's a frigging godsend of what we were doing. And well, you say that the transfer window came, we were doing okay. And actually, if we wouldn't have had that, we probably would have signed a couple of players, and the season might have been a little bit different. But that's the thing we keep doing, isn't it? We keep signing players. And to me, we've got decent players that just need to be coached to their strengths. I mean, it can't help. I mean, but isn't it more the problem with the squad depth? As soon as one gets injured, we're in trouble. But then you, you brought Manning back to sit him on the bench. But he's obviously not as good as we all thought he was. Then why bring him back? And you also loaned 10 players out or whatever, which I think was probably too, too many. Well, yeah. they're not making an impact on Lawn either in, in League Two. Well, I, 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 I'm not sure you can because Chair's doing okay, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or was that one good game? Uh, Chair's doing okay. Smith's in and out, and Ote sort of. Well, Ote was on the bench. Yeah, again, um, he's been on the bench. For but a few then weeks. I don't know. Sometimes players can look better with with better players alongside them. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I thought Ote when he played against Leeds in the FA Cup looked pretty decent. Yeah, but but I, going back to the squad depth point, I I do think that is an issue, and I, part of that is McLaren's fault because. Earlier in the season, he wasn't rotating the squad enough. Or I remember there were games where he left an unused sub. Or against Ipswich, we were winning 3-0, and he had Naki Wells playing 90 minutes. Didn't rotate the squad at all during Christmas. And now we've played, I think, five of the last six uh, weeks, midweek. We've had a match. Mm. We had the FA Cup run, which involved a few extra games against Portsmouth, against Watford. So now we've basically shrunk our squad in the loan window, in the transfer window, and we have very little depth, and we've been rotating the same, same squad knackered. over and over. The, the, whole, the whole team looks knackered. Yeah, exactly. It shouldn't be, though, because at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's February, on our season, well, it's no March, but in February, our season was effectively over, and we're just sort of like dandering towards the finish line with doing nothing in particularly amazing, and you're kind of thinking for next season to rebuild. You've got to start looking at who's going to start plugging the gaps, because if you haven't got the players, we need people to perform. Is it the recruit? Like, the thing is, people blame Les, people blame McLaren, people blame recruitment, people blame Gay Penrose, but no one ever will stand up and take the blame. We don't know who does what. And but we have the... also got some good players in over the last couple of years. Yeah, but if you actually think about it, who have we sold for serious money apart from Smithies? Well, you look at this summer, you expect Friedman's going to go. You can't right, imagine but... him staying around. But are we going to do the same thing and sell him for six million, or are we actually going to get some proper money for him? Well, it doesn't matter because we can't spend it anyway. Because of the debt and also the fact that what, what we'll make for Freeman will probably just bounce the books regarding transfers. Because you look at the money, we're not going to get money back from Silla. Certainly won't get it back for Bidwell, um, et cetera, et cetera. There's been the, the Polish guy that came and went. Um, Boric. Yeah, who cost quite a few 
Did it? Yeah, it goes quite. Yeah, I think I think the track record is probably more misses than hits when you think of Goss. Is and that we're going wrong though? Yeah, Goss. Is Goss is another I one. Think, I think it's slightly Washington. unfair. I think if you look even the big clubs, I think you don't notice how many players people sign, and they're just not that great. Yeah. Even the Uniteds, the Arsenal, they they sign a lot of players that we don't know about because we're not. But big they can fans. afford to suck it up, though, can't they? Really. But we have been told that we, 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 you know it's a it's a road for the youth. It's a road for this. There's no kids playing Saturday really, apart from the subs, um, no. Lumley and things like that. They're all experienced championship players. So to me, I'm just sick of everyone talking the, the team down, the club down. Like we're just it's we'll beat Rotherham. So our level is we're going to beat the likes of Rotherham, but we don't expect to beat anyone else. It's a bonus. No, it's QPR. We should try and win every game. Yeah, I agree. Like yeah. we did against Leeds. We didn't, you know. But then we we we, we did, you know we were a few weeks ago. Daft as it sounds now, we were two points off the playoffs. There's a longer than a few weeks ago, Chris. Well, okay. A few we haven't won since Boxing Day, apart from the Leeds game. Yeah, okay. A couple of months ago then. Three months ago. But those games come quick and fast. I can't help it. Those games come quick and fast. We'll cheer them up, don't well, worry. Well, they do come quick, but then you've got to, like, I think, great point. Did we rotate the squad? Why does he keep taking Pavel off as well? Every game the poor like it's subbed. It's got to be sapping. He's had it since he's come to the club with every manager. For some reason, people don't well, see what point. we see. You know, he's not, he should have played a lot more minutes for us. Yeah, and even Bright, I mean, I think he's much better as an impact sub than as a starting player. He hasn't been mm. as good when he starts, but he's been sitting there. When he comes on, he he's pretty start decent. On Saturday. He never starts. And even just other, I mean, just things that are just so perplexing, like between Hemet and Wells, Hemet has been absolutely useless. He doesn't try at all, doesn't jump. Shows no skills. Literally does nothing on the pitch for 90 minutes. So do minutes. you think that is... And he subbed off Wells at the end of the match and kept Hemet on. Yeah. And it just makes no sense and infuriating. He's always keeping Naki for um, Holloway. Well, then... <laughs> Maybe that's why... Th- I don't know. I'm trying to fit the logic of that. Do you I'm... not notice, though, when they play together, it's almost like they, they, they're very similar players, although one's slightly bigger. They go in the same direction. If one, They seem to just follow each other, whereas they don't play off each other. Whereas yeah, with Eze, agree. he actually played well with them. But he's obviously gone a little bit off the boil. Well, he, again, I mean, maybe it's tiredness with him. I mean, he obviously, you know... Big number 10 too soon. Yeah, far yeah, too soon. Yeah, yeah I, I Too much hype. Should never have got the number 10 shot at the start of the season. Yeah, and I think the club are guilty of that as much as anyone else with the hype. And know, ourselves. Yeah, we no, just, of we, course. We, we yeah, no, we're, not, we're, not, we're not blameless. I mean, I would have loved Gorse to work out because, it, it, especially with Bros reuniting, you know, he, he could have had a whole frigging <laughs> advertising <laughs> avenue there. You get good but, t-shirts and everything. And he can't even get the St. Johnson side. That's, that's what's worrying me, is that we're not getting the bids. We'll get bids for Freeman. We'll probably get bids for Eze. Maybe Lumley. Um, I think Eze will stay. I don't think he's ready to go. Yeah, yeah I, I think agree. So. I, 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 I think if it comes in for money, he'll go. He'll Although I have it. heard he's not happy at all at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, am I. Well, you're not worth X amount of million. So Speak when you daughter, say he's not happy, what, what's the what's the reason? Because yeah. he's not playing. Because he's not playing, and I think I think he's one of those on social media, and I think he sees some of the things that get said, which are ridiculous. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's that's, 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 it's quite healthy to be upset if you're not playing. I mean, I'd be more concerned if he, if he didn't care that he wasn't. The playing. social media you know side I mean? of it is, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think anyone's. I mean, I've seen people. I've seen Wigley get abused at QPRs. It's no mean fit. I've seen Big Mac get abused at QPR. Um, well, at least, football. at least we're not the worst fans in the world because the Real Madrid fans are the worst. Like oh, what the they've white, done the to white, the white handkerchiefs. Well, did you see what they did to Bale? Start trying to chase his car down. Mm. Really? No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, see they that. started. So there was a couple of fans chasing his car down, trying to Jesus. smack his car. I thought that was a Spanish version of the RAC. I thought it was a bit strange. <laughs> um, but no, the boys is Chelsea. Their fans are ridiculous anyway. But I mean, that's a fair point you said about the tightness. I was thinking because McLaren has got that sort of reputation for doing, like, especially with Derby, doing well, fringe of the playoffs, in the playoffs, and then they drop off, you know, like, sort of February time. We've done it a bit earlier. What's the science behind that? Is it is it because he doesn't rotate the players? Is it because his sides get found out and they, he, he hasn't got a plan B? I think in I think in our case, it's more the the rotation and the and the poor use of substitutes more than anything else. I mean, I think the system is what the system is, and I prefer what we're doing and not changing it up too much versus Ollie, where we just change the formation and the side every other week. But yeah, I just think, I think we have a thinner squad or, I mean, we have players in on, on our bench, but he doesn't use the likes of Manning. He, he didn't use Smith at all at the beginning of the season. All these guys are sitting on the bench and you need the depth. You need to use them and rotate the squad a little bit. And he just didn't do that at all, especially during the Christmas period. Do you not think though, at least the football this season has been somewhat entertaining? Like Bar Stoke, last season was painful. I, I you know, oh, I don't know. Brentford boy was pretty rubbish. I, I missed that. Brentford one. at home was all right. Two mm. goals in the last uh, 
But overall, last nice. season, I found the football die. At least I found the football. We're trying something. I, I, I know people aren't fans of McLaren, but I think we could end up a lot worse. Well, that's yeah. always a fear, is it? But the thing is, I mean, who was on last week? God, I can't remember yesterday. Who said, James Evans, that's it. He said, oh, you know, who would have employed either Holloway or McLaren when we did, which is a good point. To me, I thought McLaren was going to come back to get his stock high. If he can change, if he can sort QPR, right, work within that structure, turn it around a bit, people would take notice. But what people are coming to QPR and seeing is like one shot a game on Brentford, one shot against Saturday. And that to me is quite negative. I'm not sure why we're, we're supposed to bring these youngsters on. Get them on the pitch, give them some time. Sadiqo hasn't played for ages, so bring him back was just weird. I saw that. But I, I think he, I mean, I think it was necessary because Cousins was all alone on the right side, so you needed a player to kind of allow Cousins to overlap. But then Pavel's more experienced. And, yeah, Pavel should have stayed on, I totally oh, agree. That's what I was going to say. Like, leave Pavel on and bring, yeah. um, and bring Bright on. Unless he was really wound up from what happened because he looked like he was ready to go. Yeah, but I think there's solutions. To that. I mean, they could have figured it out or maybe just put him on the opposite flank. But yeah, it was stupid to take him off. But Chidipo, I think actually that was the one thing. I thought that, he did okay. Yeah, when I thought he, came he was on. decent. Mm. I was happy to see that. And he looks a lot uh, more physically strong than he was two years ago before. Yeah, no, it's great to see him. But I did, what I did think right on Saturday, it was like from the off, there's a really weird atmosphere. Even the Stoke fans, there was quite a lot of them. They weren't really singing, didn't really start singing till towards the end. QPR fans are just like, like just sat in expecting well, the worst. Well, two teams of seasons are over, isn't it? I mean, well, I guess, but well, I mean, hopefully it's over because yeah. um, we still need like a couple of wins. I'm sure no, that will. We won't. We won't. We won't. Uh, it would take a mammoth. Even by yeah, I think standards. it's what a ten point gap. Yeah, so I don't, yeah. I don't, and then no one in that bottom four are doing it anyway. And they've all got to play each other as well. Yeah, so we'll be fine. But it's just a shame that we're relying on the November that we had and everything else, and and, and that there when we you know it was it would have been nice to have a whole season of decent football, a few more wins, get, um, go to Brentford, do what we did at Forest, and just keep thinking for next season. We need to fill those seats. Um, and what about McLaren? Because uh, the. the the knives aren't exactly out, but there's a few murmurings on social media. There's a few people sharpening. Yeah. Sure. Um, do we think, you know, if, if it carries on like this to the end of the season, that we need to find someone else, or do we but think... But then who do we go for? We have the same problem. Like, it will be, but then do we want to destroy his career? Because the fans will turn on him as well, you know, and that's the problem. But it's not just down to the fans, Steve. It's, it's, the fans are just frustrated through all these years of, of spending... But you do know what you're coming to with QPR, you know... We, we, what we're not Man United, we're not Arsenal. You know, we're we not, tried to be, didn't work out too well. Well, we're the only team who had that much money and blew it off. Oh, young Fulham. Only team taken over by billionaires who got worse, basically. <laughs> Rahul, that was always good what's happen? your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't think... I think McLaren is doing an average job. I, I don't think he's... I think his in-game management is horrible. I don't think many of the players have improved that much, bar maybe Cousins a little bit, but... I just don't see the point of sacking the manager every year because one, who's going to come in, especially seeing the revolving door at manager. Two, we have to pay off his wages and we're already pretty skint as is. So He's only on a year contract, payoff. isn't he? Well, they always say that, but they always have to pay. Well, like, yeah, what, there'll be some payoff. I, I, I doubt he just on a year contract, but I could be wrong. And also, it just every time you change the manager, you have to change the philosophy. F- players that are favored suddenly become disfavored. You have to change the whole uh, the personnel. I just don't see the point of doing that. I mean, that's how we ended up with having a 40-person squad two years ago is because every time we changed managers, they brought in new players, sold off new play- sold off old players. So I would just write it out with him. And I think it, the track record of replacing a manager, for the most part, it doesn't actually yield a successful results. And there's no reason to believe that this infrastructure, which has hired Ali, Hasselbank, Chris Ramsey and all of them have done pretty badly. There's no reason to believe that they're going to be able to hire someone who actually can turn the ship around. But is it a case of perhaps what we're not seeing, and I'm, I'm actually arguing myself here, which I do a lot, <laughs> is that while all this is going on, the scouts, the advisors, the people are going to lower league games, to different clubs, finding the people they need for next season. So once we got secure... And we weren't going to go down. It's a case of, right, we're not going to go down. We're not good enough to go up. Right, this is about building for next season and finding. So my fear is if we start off poorly again next season, it will be toxic. It will be. Well, it was toxic this season. After four games, the QBR fans were joining in with chance of you getting sacked in the morning. So, uh, you know, 
that that Nightfallers say that would happen. But it, mm. I, I do think now it's not that there hasn't been any of those shouts since then. I mean, like I say, a few murmurings, a few. Bit but of you've this also and never that. heard anyone sing McLaren's Blue in My Army. No, it didn't, well, I, I, it didn't do it for Mark Hughes, thank God, either. Or that much. For who was the other one? Didn't go? Oh yeah, Paul Hart because he was crap. Yeah, but I, I, no, <laughs> I, I think there's been an uneasy relationship between McLaren and the okay, fans. Theresa May's just lost the vote. Has she? Told you, well, how many votes? Gives a chance. To come okay. More as, more as we get it. Um, back there you to go, Steve. Yeah, giving us something else to talk about. I mean, Thanks there's a lot of that. talks about islands, and Steve has got her island, so perhaps he could try and do something. That's yeah, a really bad well, link. I'm going to kill myself. Well, talking of Ireland, James McLean. Before we come on to our special uh, guest, yeah, okay. um, that's probably generated more column inches about that game than anything else. And by the way, if you haven't read Clive's report for Loft for Words, then it's absolutely that brilliant. Um, so once Paul stop talking, sorry, uh, James McLean. But the club issued a statement, and for the life of me, and I've got a wee bit of background knowledge of this because bingo time. Yes, <laughs> I'm from Northern. Oh, you're dyslexic. No? Um, oh, sorry. Um, no, celiac. I kind of. James cleans a straight. Listen, he's a strange character. He played for Northern Ireland, uh, switched to the Republic, absolutely fine. From Derry, staunch Republican family, not a problem. But why someone's screaming in March from the were a puppy when nobody else is? I just don't get. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't know. I mean, does that mean if someone. God, can you imagine when Kevin Pressman was playing? We'd be apologising <laughs> every friggin' week. Um, it made us look small minded, but I'm not sure why the club responded. I, 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 I don't. I think understand. it's a pressure because once it's out there on social media, they feel I they mean, have to do something. It made people look silly. I but mean, compared to the other incidents that happened this week, with Jack, weekend with Jack Grealish and the like, you know, and then it was a small fare as far as I'm concerned. But. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> You tell me, you, you, you work in the media, I drive a van. But I'm just kind of thinking that now everything gets magnified. So if someone turns trying to say something stupid in, in the paddocks, the whole club's got to apologise for one moron. Yeah. You know, and I don't really think that's the way to be going forward. I mean, there's, there's 16,000 people sometimes at the ground. <laughs> and you can't be responsible for one person having to go up McLean in that way. And I, I, it was a bit silly and it was ridiculous. Got to cut off for what it was. Yeah. Anyone else got any views on that before we speak to Kevin I mean, the, Gallon? The, the thing is, going on the puppy thing is, is he gets it. He got it every week during the time. Um, I've known people from Northern Ireland um, who have been from staunch Republican families who have no issue wearing a puppy on the shirt at all because many people died from both Ireland's in the First World War and certainly in the Second World War. And but it's up to him and that's his decision. But to do it in March was daft. But I just don't think. Talking about the other thing, the Grealish thing, worst punch I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, secondly... It was a rabbit punch, wasn't he? Punch well, on the well it was a head. horrible punch. To punch someone from behind is just a nasty... Oh, it's it's cowardly, yeah. Shot. I'm not condoning it. I, know, no, it's, I didn't um, say you were, Chris. Yeah. But it's the worst... <laughs> but, but also the steward. I mean, that was insane. I mean, that, the, the punch was bad. Outrageous. He should have been... Yeah. You know... It's just a shame we don't do that to people who attack our ambulance services, our police people, and our firemen and fire women because they deserve to be jailed as well. But you know, it's a high profile one, fair enough. But wait, what? Wait, we're back, punching but, our ambulance work. Well, no, I think it's wrong. I think it's <laughs> but going back a bit to, to the, um, the steward, he actually need him in the back. I, I, I find that more incredible. These are people are supposed to be, you know, keeping. The, a level head on things. Yeah, yeah. And there he is. Have you ever seen a level-headed steward? Fair point. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I was off of one now, and you're quite right. Thanks for bringing me back to it. But it's sad, though, because that derby just looks vile. Well, I I don't think Greenish actually did anything. It was, you know, it was nil-nil at the time. It wasn't... I mean, I'm sure we all felt not like going and punching, but when Cesc Fabregas celebrated in front of the QPR fans, I mean, there was a a bit of vitriol aimed at him. There was a few cups aimed at him and stuff like that. But I just... I'm not sure what the definition of a steward's role is, but I would have thought someone runs towards a player to punch him, you've got to stop them somehow, whatever way you do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I wouldn't like to be him when he comes out, that's all I'm saying, and especially if you live in that city. Well, there's a quite nice tweet from Danny Baker said, I'd like to be the uh, the policeman who goes into his cell and tells him that Grealish has just put Villa one up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> imagine, like, yeah. But it is, I mean, it is. It is a, listen, and the blaming coke, and the, I mean, who knew that people took too much coke at football? Mm. Who knew... Such a, I was I was shocked. I don't know you guys, but I was shocked to read that. Anyway, <laughs> let's get on to our guest, Kevin Gallen. Kev, how you doing, mate? All good. How are you? Very well. First of all, mate, uh, Brexit update. What's the latest? Uh, it's uh, a no deal for tomorrow. It's yes 
242-0391, majority of 149. That sounds like the formation QPR should have played on Saturday. My daughter said to me today, she should put a five on her losing by 100. And I said, we, no. We did play, didn't we? We played 2-4-2. Two, 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 two <laughs> right. Back to football, Chris. Think, is a non-political think, podcast. <laughs> for, for a start, Kev, how long since you've left QPR? Um, as a player, I mean. As a football player? As yeah. a player? Yeah. Um, oh. oh, God, that's a long time. Um, where are we now? Are you used your I, fingers and your thumbs. 2007. <laughs> 2007. So 12 years. 12 years and they're still singing uh, Magic Cat on the Terraces. I'd definitely take that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is uh, a nice thing to hear every now and again, yeah. I really uh, enjoy it. I tell you who enjoys it. When I bring my son, who's eight years old now, when I bring him and he hears it, he, he, he's brilliant. Oh. So it's good for him. What would you do, though, seriously, if someone else gets that gets sung for someone else? Would you accidentally kneecap them? What would I do? I uh, think I'd physically drop down dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much magic hat as magic corpse. Yeah. Right. Well, they did yeah. start, didn't they sing it, try and sing it for Wright Phillips after he scored at Chelsea? I think that quickly got shouted down. But um, Damn right. Um, so, Kevin, are we any better than we were this time last season? Um, <laughs> uh, well... After watching the game on Saturday, I would have to say no because it was actually um, that was a poor, poor game, and uh, you know, I'm sorry, my boy, it's just mental. Um, sit down. <laughs> Where do we get that from? Um, yeah, exactly. No, uh, I have to say because I went to the game on um, Saturday, and I, I, uh, the, you know, when you go to QPR, there's always a little bit of action and. There's always shots on target, and there's always a bit of this, that, and the other which you can enjoy. And you can come away, and you, you can have a nil-nil draw, and say, "Well, this happened, that happened." Kev, describe still, it as boring. He's still sorry, missed that. I think that's the best way to describe it in one word: is boring. Yeah, and I sort of said to my friends who I was sitting next to when um, Klukas got sent off very early in the game of seven or eight minutes. I don't know. I think it was something like that. I said, "This is not going to help us because." When you're up against ten men, the pressure now is uh, even though when you're at and when you're at home, the pressure is a lot bigger, and the, and the crowd expect, and you have to create something, and and we didn't really create anything. I think we had one shot shot on goal, and it was a good effort by Matthew Wells, and uh, and Butland uh, went down well and saved it. But other than that, it was just it was it was um, it was a bit of a non-event. Sat back, and we just didn't have the the quality or. Um, the guile or the skill to open them up and they sat back in a 4-4-1 they didn't really go forward and we just couldn't break them down what would you have done differently if you were McLaren would you have done any I mean people we've been saying earlier maybe Eze could have come on or um... Um, well in one defence Eze I think should have come on for Hemed at some stage maybe with 20 20 minutes to go because Hemed wasn't really um, well to be polite he didn't do anything so uh, (laughs) Uh, he didn't do anything. He didn't get hold of it. He didn't win a header, and uh, he was um, he was out muscled by their two big centre halves. So, um, and that's the thing, you know, a lot of a lot of the fans sometimes get on the back of Matt Smith, but that's when you need Matt Smith because he is really a really good Plan B. Well, that's and uh, when he when you've got him on the bench and you've got twenty minutes to go and you can put crosses in the box and you get the right one, he can. He can get sometimes, and he has done it a few times, where he can get ahead to it, either a, a score from a header or knock one down, and he can cause mayhem in the box. And the plan B wasn't there for QPR on Saturday. What was plan A like? Well, plan A was Naki Wells and Hemet, and that didn't work. So, you know, usually you have plan B, um, Matt Smith, and he wasn't there. He was injured. So I actually thought they should have put on Eze because... Um, you needed to move the the centre halves around a little bit. You needed someone to come off them, and as they can come off and and link the play up, where the two strikers were pretty much up against them, and physically they were outmuscled uh, by the Stoke defenders, and it just it, it just didn't work. I mean, as a, as as a striker yourself, um, and and an ex player, how do you think as a forward player it, it helps Pavel being hooked every game? Which seems to be what's happening. How does that affect your confidence? Well, as a if if Pavel were he he's playing on the right, uh, I don't think he was playing too badly. But I, I actually think that um, 
Because sorry, Ken, what I'm trying to say is you get you get an understanding with your wingers as a forward, don't you? Yeah, I yeah I understand that, and um, well, he wasn't putting any crosses in, so I actually think for me personally, they should be playing. I'll say Samuel now for the rest of the season. Uh, he's been here what nearly two and a half, uh, one and a half years. He has never really had a run in, in the team. Pavel's got a good chance uh, of not being here next season, so let's play. I'll say Samuel. He needs to play. They they spent a few quid on on him. Um, he's one for the future, but and now let's you know if you're never going to play him now, we're not you know the, the the person in front of him is not really pulling up trees. Why don't we play him, start him, give him a run in the run in the team? He's definitely going to be here next season. Pavel, I don't know what the situation was him. I know his contract's up. Is he going to be here next season? I don't know, but let's give I'll say Samuel a go. I I think uh, he's lively, but you'll never know if he's any good if you never play him. Mm. And how do you uh, assess the performance of the two strikers that we have so far this year, uh, Wells and Hamid? Wells hasn't been scoring much, um, but what do you think about his contributions? Uh, I think, uh, well, I think Hamid, I know he's, he, he got injured, but in general, he's been a bit disappointing. He hasn't really, uh, he started off well and scored that goal, which was a vital goal against Wigan to get us uh, three points. But other than that, he hasn't really done it. Uh, Wells, again, st- didn't start off great, but in October, November, December, looked really sharp, scored some good goals, but since then has faded. So, you know, they spent a lot of money on, on loan fees for them. And the problem with uh, our loan players is you have to give these players back. So in the end, it's sort of dead money. So uh, it's uh, if you'd have said to me two mu- uh, in January, how's Wales done? I thought, uh, yeah, I'd say he's done really well. But in the last two months, it hasn't really worked out for him. And Hemed hasn't worked out for him since the, maybe September. So hasn't gone as, as to plan as what we thought. And what would you do with for the rest of the season? We have Wells, Hemed are going back. Uh, Cameron is, may come back from injury, but he's also on loan. And Bidwell's out of contract. Pavel's also out of contract. How would you set up the, the starting 11 for the rest of the season? Well, I, I, I would sort of... Uh, I've sort of discussed about the Pavel. I think you should play Osei Samuel and give him a chance because he's never had a real run in the team. We don't know whether he's good enough for the championship because he's never played. So he's always been on the periphery of, of, of the team, comes in, maybe plays a game, comes out, comes on a sub every now and again. So we need to see if he's any good um, in the, in the, in in first team action for a while in five or six games uh, with the striking situation. Then, well, there's no one really else. It's Matt Smith. Like I said, I think Matt Smith is a really good plan B when he starts one game. He's okay. But then it's, is, you know, he, he can't seem to maintain uh, that form over a, a series of four or five games. I, I watched him against Leeds and is when he played a few games before that his legs sort of went, he can't, he can't keep that hundred um, percent running up. So, I think we're limited in our choices. I think uh, Eze will, he's going to be here, obviously. Uh, I think I know he's been off form a little bit, so they might be giving him a little rest, but hopefully he'll come back strong again and for the rest of the season. But it's a very difficult situation. Um, Hemed hasn't really done it. And let's be honest, um, he was very poor. He, he's going back to uh, Brighton. So it's, it's a difficult situation. And that's the situation when you uh, get loan players in. Have we got anyone, day, you've uh, got to give them back. Have we got anyone coming through? Any young strikers? Well, could... Ote, he's on loan at Warsaw, but he's been an unused sub um, for the last couple of games. So, you know, that's a bit difficult for him as well. So, Kevin, um, a few months ago, we're two points off the playoffs. Now we've taken four points out of 30. What, in your mind, has got wrong, gone wrong? Well, I think when you're sort of... Um, I think... Jeff Cameron's been a big miss because when he played, he was he protected the back four very well. He he stood in front of them, he won headers and he protected them as well, and they could play a little bit deeper. Uh, he's been a big miss, and and you know the form of like I said, Naki Wells was was playing really well in uh, October, November, December, and he could nick a goal, and then we were very strong. We couldn't break them down. We were a big solid. We were very um, very good on set pieces and. You know, the, the, the Aston Villa game was um, at home, which I weren't there, but I watched on telly, was a prime example. We went 1-0 up. We were, you know, confidence really high. Charlotte scored a great goal from a Jeff Cameron, great ball through. And then we defended very well and it was hard. We played deep and we were very hard to beat. Uh, when confidence is high, things go with you. Confidence obviously is a bit low because results dictate that. 
and um, you know the uh, you know the goal when a goal goes in or it's hard to, oh, it's hard to like come back from that. I always say, especially with QPR, especially at home, if the, the the first goal is vital, and if QPR score the first the first goal, they've got a great chance of at least getting a draw, but usually a win. And do you think we should stick with McLaren? Uh, well, you know, McLaren's um, what was it? His mandate was to bring the the young players uh, through, and that hasn't happened at the moment. I mean, Joe Lumley's done well, but Joe Lumley's 24. Easy's started the season off well. It's faded a bit. But other than that, the, the young players hasn't really come through at the moment. We brought in four really old, uh, not really experienced, I will take that back, old players, really experienced players. And the <laughs> mandate was um, to bring the young players through. That hasn't happened. And that's why Ian Holloway got the, uh, got the sack for McLaren. So, you know, I'm not going to say whether someone gets it, but that was the mandate and that hasn't happened. The other thing, Kev, is on Twitter after the game, you said, I kept telling people. What did you actually mean by that? Well, I've been saying for years that our transfer policy and the way we um, and the signings we've made over the last four or five years have not been good, not been good enough. And uh, you can have the best coach in the world and this, that and the other, but if you don't sign... You know, good players and the right players with the right type, the right type of attitude, you're going to struggle. And if I uh, think over the last three or four years, you know, the best signing has obviously been Luke Freeman, three uh, three or four hundred thousand pounds. He's been excellent. Uh, He's played really well, scored goals. And if we were to sell him tomorrow, we'd make a really healthy profit. Smithies was decent, a decent signing. We signed him. We probably signed him for good, uh, decent money and we sold him for decent money and performed very well. Uh, Matt Smith, for whatever you know, I always sort of, uh, sort of, as a plan B and coming on a sub, he's been, uh, he's he's been the difference at times. So he's been okay signings, but I can't really think of any other signings over the last three or four years where I could actually say, well, do you know what? That's been a really good signing. That's been a good signing. I think, and I think that's where signing. the problem is. And and just going back to like when people talk about new stadiums and. You know, uh, we we can't compete with the stadiums, um, you know, with the current stadium. Well, if we stop wasting money on uh, buying players, we'd be okay. Okay, <clears throat> on a lighter note to finish, um, it's Ian Holloway's <laughs> birthday. <laughs> it's Ian Holloway's birthday today. <clears throat> oh, yeah, oh, good. Happy uh, birthday, did, Ian. did you send him a card? <laughs> no. I, I just wanted. I don't send my wife a card. <laughs> How, how how did you celebrate birthdays at QPR? Was it one where you kept it from everyone because you knew you were going to be in for like a shitstorm, or or did you? Uh, or was it quite good fun? Um, no, I'm not a big birthday man, so I usually just said nothing to be honest. As <laughs> just like I tell you a story though, I remember it was my birthday on a Sunday. I think it was maybe 2002, 2003. And it was on a Sunday and Kenny Jacket uh, was the coach at the time. I don't think Ian Holloway was in on a Monday. And for the first time ever on a Monday, we he said for a warm-up, we were doing laps. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, why are we doing laps? And then I clocked on. He said he, he thought I was on the drink the night before <laughs> as punishment. <laughs> and were you? <laughs> and were you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, one other thing, Kev, just quickly to make it a wee bit more serious before you go, because I can't have this podcast having laughs and stories. It's just wrong. Um, you see, you're scouting these days. You see a lot of championship games and everything else. Are we suffering from a lack of quality? Or, or, or are we deluded and thinking we should be doing better? Or, are we, or should we be higher in the league with the players we have compared to what you've seen in the championship? Well, the championship is a tough league. And... There's some really good teams in it, and there's a lot of teams uh, who are underperforming. Uh, Stoke, obviously, are underperforming. They've got pretty much a Premier League squad, and they're not doing doing what they should be doing. I actually think QPR, for the money they've spent over the years on wages, and the accounts came out the other week, uh, that we're underperforming for the money we're spending on the players. Um, but it's a tough league, and you have to be on it all the time, and... The big thing is in in uh, in the championship. I, I I've, I've said it already. Score the first goal is massive, but also you need goal scorers and uh, in the championship. And at the moment, we're not really scoring goals, and that's a that's a big thing. And uh, Saturday was a, you know, 
told the whole story. We were getting to 10 men and we just, we didn't create much and we didn't uh, get any shots on goal. So that's, that's, those are big things in the championship, but there is some really good teams and there's a lot of teams that are underperforming considering, you know, the, the wages they're, they're spending and, you know, there's poor, you know, what's in Darren Moore, fourth in the league, he gets a sack, which is, you know, yeah, that was crazy. that's a tough, that's a tough, it's a strange decision, but the chairman, their chairman thinks with the money they've spent, they probably think they should be in the automatic promotion places. So that's how tough this league is. Okay, mate. Well, thanks for talking to you, to us as ever. Um, and yeah, hopefully, I mean, things can't get any worse than the Stoke game in terms of performance, surely. Well, yeah, the Stoke game was, you know, a, a poor game. And, uh, you know, the West Brom at home, at least, you know, when we lost 3-2, and I know it was just sick enough um, to lose in the last minute. But we looked good. We had some chances and we looked like we could score. But the Stoke game was was a game where hopefully it's a one-off for the whole season and the, and this won't happen for the rest of the season. That we can, you know, um, kick on now. We've got a big game tomorrow, a massive game, and get back on track and three points to get Rotherham. Uh, we need it. They need the result, but it's, uh, you know we got to be on on our on our game tomorrow. So looking forward to watching it. Nice one, mate. Take care. Man. Take it easy, big one. No problem. All the best. See you, See you soon, bye. mate. Bye. Take bye. care. Bye. Right. Is anyone going to mention the fact that Rotherham haven't won an away game all season? <laughs> 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 or should I just be the <coughs> I think you just have Paul. Right. Should we get to the R's end? Uh, who wants to go first, Paul? What? Do, do, would you like to do your last. first? You want to go last? Rahul. You know, I, I just think that, to reiterate, the way we play best, I think, is when we're actually pressing high up the pitch. If you look at a lot of the goals we've scored against Leeds, uh, the goal we scored against, uh, the first goal we scored against West Brom, the, the goal as he scored against Villa, they all came from counterattacking positions. So let's just get back into the situation where people are challenging in midfield, chasing the ball down, closing down, trying to win the ball back, counterattacking. It will get the fans more into the game. We create way more chances that way. So I'm hoping that we change up the squad a little bit tomorrow, maybe bring on some fresher players, maybe throw in Manning, just let him run around, try to win the ball, and just excite the fans again because the sluggish performances we've been seeing are just putting everyone to sleep and... I just hope to see some kind of change in the in the setup and, and the players who are playing and just get some fresh energy into the squad. Okay, Steve? I think uh, he just really needs to turn around to the players and get them to enjoy their football for the last 10 games of the season and say to them, look, you know, this is what our plans are for next season. Go out, show me what you can do and, and start enjoying their football because they didn't look like they were enjoying anything on Saturday and hopefully they, we take that into next season. Okay, um, well, for me, uh, as well as Ian Holloway, it's also Pete Doxy's birthday. Uh, QPR fan, he used to sell uh, and write fanzines outside the ground back in the day. Uh, Ian Holloway, Pete Doxy, two slightly different characters, but yeah, happy birthday to them both. He also both. used with my photographs in his fanzine as well. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Do you know, I can remember buying that fanzine. I wish I bloody kept it. They're going for like 50 quid a pop these days. I've got days, two but... or three at home somewhere. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Um, there's a couple more things. Um, Tiger Cubs' 10th anniversary walk uh, from the training ground to Loftus Road on March the 30th ahead of the Bolton game. Um, big, uh, all the details are online about how you can get in touch. Just Google Tiger Feet 10, I think it is, um, and it will come up with the sponsors page. Um, it's been brilliant over the last few years, um, and it's good to see the sort of players getting involved as well. And also, if you live abroad or you can't make it, there's details on how you can do your own 10-mile walk uh, and raise money that way. And just finally, I've got to go to the WhatsApp messages because in the uh, QPR podcast group, um, there was a message. Oh, I've got a message from David, uh, from Richard, uh, David's brother. Vote defeated by 150. Thanks for that. Uh, That's kind of how I told you. Yeah, isn't it? Okay. Uh, And I've got to find this piece. Um, There it is. Okay. Uh, There it is as a work on the radio, by the way. (laughs) No, I know. Okay, I can't see who this is from. Oh, from James Brewer, this is. Hi, guys. I just want to say a quick thank you for all you do for QPR fans around the world. I scattered my dad's ashes today. He grew up a stone's throw from Loftus Road. He attended QPR games throughout his youth in the 40s and 50s with his dad, who has been coming before him. He told stories of the days following QPR his whole life. My family moved away from London, eventually to New Zealand, so I'm a QPR fan from many miles further away. In his last painful years, your podcast helped me keep Dad in touch with the world of the mighty super hoops. So thank you. Dad was cremated wearing his QPR scarf. I would also like to let you know that your listenership will soon be added to by my first child during the, during the next few weeks. You lose one, you gain one. Thanks again and keep up the good word. 
Uh, good work. Uh, so, yeah, lovely message there. And, and, and our thoughts go out to you. Mm. Paul? That's, that's, that's sombering, isn't it? Because that's what the club's all about, people like that who... You forget how much the club means to people abroad. Unless you're obviously abroad like I was. Anyway, that's, oh, well, that's, a, that's a lovely thing. That's a really nice... That's, yeah. that's threw me a little bit because I was going to have a whinge. You can still have a whinge. You can still have a whinge. I'm sure he'd like to have you. He'd like you to have a whinge. Well, no, my, my whinge is slightly just basically... I'd like to see us go for it. I'd like to see the players playing with a smile on their face. And I would like to see the crowd being lifted because when we were doing okay, everyone seemed a lot happier. Um, we're going to sell season tickets for next season. And um, just just start again, QPR. Whatever you're doing wrong, pack it in, start again and finish the season as we did in November. Um, and just go for it. There's no point in sitting back. We're not going to get relegated. We're not going to go up. Just put smiles on everyone's faces and end the season and a wee bit of a happiness. And um, I'm going to Hull on Saturday. Wish me Godspeed. <laughs> and if it goes the same way as every other away game seems to go, I will be seeking therapy next week. <laughs> okay, talking of which, quick fire predictions for Rotherham and Hull. Fick. Steve? Uh, I think we'll win tomorrow night by a few goals. Um, <laughs> and I think we will draw at Hull. Rahul? I think we'll win both matches, but I'll take a moral victory if Tomer Hammett is not in the squad, so that's a victory <laughs> for me. You think we'll beat Hull? Yeah, I think so. Why not? Interesting. Paul? Fick knows. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I mean, I would, I would... See, I would be more inclined to go for a big win, a big game back, a big fight back, a big reaction to the last few weeks, but then Rotherham haven't won away all season... And it's like the old story, when your man hasn't scored for 46 years, he puts a shot on the against us. So I will take four points, however they come. We'll be um, all right tomorrow night. My dad's coming, so we'll be okay. Well, is he a good luck omen? Yeah, he hasn't been for a while. How long has he scored at QPR? 60-odd <laughs> um, years. Really? Oh, well, then. When was the last he time he came? He comes, he comes once a season now, but the stairs are like at the silly angle they're at. So uh, okay. We're sitting in W12 tomorrow, so he can get a lift up. And then I'll carry him around. Fantastic. Okay, yeah, well, I hope he enjoys it. Okay, well, I'll go 1 0 Rotherham. Might, might sneak it. And then Hull. Um, okay, I'll say 1 all. I'm not confident, <laughs> though. Okay, anyway, thanks for listening. This has been Open All Ours. Uh, catch you again next week. UPR! UPR! Rangers!